Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is Sunday. It's 19 April. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I thought that uh, we'd go ahead and start the uh, Prophecy Update with a prayer for our president. I typed one yesterday, just a very short one. And uh, Lord, it is a good day to lift up our president and to petition you to grant him unceasing wisdom, strength, and discernment as he continues to take us through this crisis. Be with him each day and guide him from his rising in the morning until he once again hits the hay to dream about sweet things. And then guide him as he rises to engage the battle once again. Thank you for our great leader who you have graced us with during this time of national crisis. In Jesus' name this prayer is made. Amen. Amen. So there you go. Uh, I would like to remind people we're coming up on November rather quickly, and I'd like to remind you that if you are unwilling as a Christian to vote, that's your uh, right, but it is also handing your vote to the other party. It doesn't, one doesn't cancel out the other. You're actually helping the other party. You're supporting abortion. You're supporting all of these other issues that uh, the Lord has asked us to be citizens, participate in the nations we're in, and so I would recommend that you do vote, because if you don't, you are handing your vote to the left. So please vote, vote Republican, and vote often. Our first category, as always, is Israel. From JNS, Israeli defense companies are turning radars into coronavirus system detectors. Yes, radar. Two major Israeli defense companies have developed cutting-edge coronavirus symptom detectors that will allow doctors to remotely pick up on suspicious symptoms of COVID-19. The sensors were created by adapting radar and camera technology that has come from the defense and homeland security world. The program has seen IAI and Elbit systems rapidly take radars and electro-optic sensors and convert them into highly sensitive sensors. They have developed the prototypes to measure the vital signs of patients, including pulse, respiratory rate, and temperature, and pick out patterns that indicate a likely coronavirus infection. The remote sensing solutions give doctors the ability to check patients from more than two meters away or even from another room by viewing the results on a screen. This ability was modified to allow the radar to detect minute body movements created by the pulse and breath and measure patterns. The system can even scan for the ratio of inhalations and exhalations, allowing for conclusions to be drawn about the likelihood of a respiratory disease like coronavirus to be involved. So even if coronavirus is over in two months or whatever, they will be able to use this technology in the future. The second component, an advanced thermal camera, can take a highly precise temperature reading and employs advanced algorithms to achieve that precision. So there you go, something for the future, even if they're using it now on a limited basis. From Jerusalem Post, Israeli COVID-19 treatment shows 100% survival rate preliminary data suggests. Six critically ill coronavirus patients in Israel who are considered high risk for mortality have been treated with Pluristem's placenta-based cell therapy product and survived. I don't know what that is. It sounds kind of gross, but they're using it to save these people. The patients were treated at three different Israeli medical centers for one week under the 
country's compassionate use program and were suffering from acute respiratory failure and inflammatory complications associated with COVID-19. Four of the patients also demonstrated failure of other organ systems, including cardiovascular and kidney failure. Can we help you, ma'am? Well, that's my wife coming in late. Uh, never mind that. Now, only have all the patients survived, but four of them showed improvement in respiratory parameters, and three of them are in the advanced stages of weaning from ventilators. Moreover, two of the patients with pre-existing medical conditions are showing clinical recovery in addition to the respiratory improvement. Very good. Talking about health-related issues, my poor wife fell this week, and she uh, broke a rib, and she also, we thought she might have a broken hip, and she doesn't, but I'm telling you, she is bruised. It's this big. I mean, it's so I'm very happy that my wife is okay, and uh, I appreciate the people that emailed after uh, Bible class that were asking about her because uh, you mentioned uh, she is just a ball of strength and energy, and uh, but she is breakable. So be careful when you're getting in and out of your tub because uh, you know you just don't know. It's slippery, and you're not thinking of it, and down you go. I'm very happy she's okay. Let's see here. Zero Hedge Israel continues building massive wall along Lebanese border despite COVID-19 lockdown. Good job, and there's good reason for it. I saw an article this morning, which I may highlight tomorrow if, or next week if there's nothing to talk about, but uh, Lebanon was trying to cut through one of their fences. So what they're building will keep them from doing that. Work is continuing and ongoing these days to complete the cement barrier on the Israeli-Lebanese border to prevent any infiltration or attacks by Hezbollah. The Israeli move is related to building a cement wall with replacing it from a fence, and it has advanced monitoring methods as Israel has completed the construction of a section of the wall 15 kilometers long along the border of Israel and Lebanon, which reaches about 140 kilometers. The channel noted on its website that the Secretary General of the Lebanese Hezbollah, Sayyid Hassan Nasrallah, had previously threatened Israel to penetrate the borders and take over parts of the Upper Galilee region. Well, they have to go through this wall now in order to do that. And it's ongoing. Good job for Israel. From the Times of Israel, Gantz's mandate to form coalition expires. So he can no longer form a coalition. Likud and blue and white talks to go on. This morning I saw something from yesterday which said maybe Saturday night the blue and white and Likud will come to a national agreement. And as far as I know, I emailed Sergio immediately in Israel and said, have you heard anything? Because this was supposed to happen Saturday night. He could find nothing. But my kind of joke with this is that uh, next article, I'll read it to you and then tell you what, Jerusalem Post, Rivlin sets August 4 as date for fourth elections if unity government is not formed. So my joke with Sergio was that uh, Netanyahu has found himself a way to become the permanent prime minister forever and ever. He just keeps having elections and disagreeing to form coalitions and et cetera, and he'll never be out. So, And he's already the longest running prime minister in the history of Israel. So. We'll see where it goes with this, but they have a possible coalition being formed. If it's not done by a certain time, August 4th, fourth elections in a year. From the Times of Israel, Israelis and others forced to write, you talk about punishment for violating social distancing. Here it is. Israelis and others forced to write, sorry, 500 times for India lockdown breach. Ten foreigners who broke a coronavirus lockdown in an Indian town were forced to repent by writing, I am so sorry, 500 times. Local police officer Vinod Sharma 
said that each were made to write, I did not follow the rules of lockdown, so I am so, so sorry, 500 times. Sharma said, adding that the unusual punishment was handed out to teach them a lesson. And I thought, well, that's a lot better than what Duarte is giving in the Philippines, where you're shot on sight if you're caught out. So I'd rather write, I'm sorry, 500. Maybe I wouldn't. That's kind of brutal there. But whatever. Christian news today. Uh, I'd like to congratulate two people that have finished the Genesis sermons. All I think there's 140 of them. They finished all of them in the past week. Brandon Graydon and David Noya, if I pronounce that right, have completed all of them. One of them also finished the Ruth sermons, which we did right after Genesis. And one of them is starting the Ruth sermon. So congratulations to them. And also... Everything that we have done now, all of the sermons from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, Ruth, Esther, Jonah, and all of the New Testament commentary, which I've done one verse at a time. It's taken me years and years to write a commentary on every verse of the epistles all the way through Revelation. All of that is on PDF as of this week. And if you want to copy it, if you want, you can just take it right off the internet. It's free to the world. And that was done by Wade Nolan, by Maya, I don't know her last name. I, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it, so I won't do it. And uh, Mike, who is the web manager, they have done all of that work. And it was literally thousands of pages. I think Genesis alone, which uh, Wade did, was 2002 or 2010 pages. So they put all of that together, compiled it, put it on a PDF, edited it, and sent it to Mike, and he uploaded it all. If you want it, it's all there. You can copy it right off the internet. That is unbelievable. So hats off to them. Uh, from the Washington Post, judge allows drive-in Louisville church services. You heard last week that certain uh, churches in Mississippi were being targeted and Kentucky. This is Kentucky. This is what the judge said about it. You all know that it was resolved, but I want to read what the judges actually said in their reading of it. Uh, they allow the services, says mayor, criminalized the communal celebration of Easter. Here's the rendering. That sentence is one that this court never expected to see outside of the pages of a dystopian novel or perhaps the pages of The Onion. The mayor's decision is stunning, and it is beyond all reason unconstitutional. Walker's orders prevents the cities from enforcing, attempting to enforce, threatening to enforce, or otherwise requiring compliance with any prohibition on drive-in church services. And the judge gave them an astonishing ruling of, you know, how absolutely unconstitutional it was. Here they are. They're in their cars. They're listening to a uh, preacher preach total social distancing because you're with your own people that you came with in your own car and they were going around and saying you cannot do that and you have to isolate yourselves for 14 days after doing this and I emailed him and I said well if that's true then are you going to have the police officers that are handing out the tickets isolate as well of course they're not going to do that but this is the idea of these people on the left they're absolutely power hungry and they're insane from WND they what yeah terrorists from, tyrants. Oh, tyrants. Well, same thing. There you go. Okay, from WND, this is the rest of the Christian articles minus a couple titles. But this is something that I wasn't going to put in this week. I was going to put it in next week. But our sermon today, Many Days in Kadesh, deals with exactly what this guy is speaking about. Legalism, reintroducing the law of Moses into your theology, which is, Paul says it's anathema. And somebody that does this is required to observe the whole law. In other words, you are, it's a self-condemning act. Um, I, I nearly flipped when I read this. My friends sent it to me, and uh, I read it, and so here we go. Biblically unclean animals responsible for pandemics. 
Nearly every influenza pandemic for the last 1,000 years would have been prevented if the Bible's prohibition against unclean animals had been heeded, argues Bible teacher David Rives. This guy is a bad Bible teacher at best. I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about him. But if he's going to put this out, he needs to be taken out of the pulpit. That is untrue. That first statement I just read is untrue. Rives noted that the majority of such animals are scavengers that are prone to passing on diseases to humans. Among them are bats, which are believed to have been the transmitter of coronavirus to humans. Do you find it even slightly curious that this pandemic, responsible for countless tens of thousands of deaths around the world, originated from what appears to be the consumption of bats in China? Such animals are here for good reasons, Rivas said, such as cleaning the environment, but eating them is not one of those reasons. Was God simply placing oppressive rules upon his people so that he could punish them when they broke his commands? So he's reintroducing the law and saying that you have to observe the law of Moses in his pick-and-choose style, because I guarantee you he doesn't observe the law of Moses. Or do we believe that here it is, everything commanded by the Lord. So he's saying that the law of Moses was commanded, and so we have to observe the law of Moses is not only just, but for our own good as well. He is reinserting, this is my comment, the law of Moses in a completely arbitrary and pick-and-choose fashion. I'll bet you he observes uh, a day of worship on Sunday, as most Christians do. I'll bet you. Well, then he's violating the fourth law of the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, which is the basis of the law of Moses. I guarantee you that this guy doesn't walk around with a talit with tzitzitz on it, according to the law, with a blue string. And I could go through a thousand of the commands that he is not following. But here, hello, can we help you, ma'am? There's Miss Garrett number two. All right, so here we go. Let's see here. Rivas noted that genetically, some animals are remarkably adept at passing on diseases to humans. So what? Research into past pandemics shows the following animals, along with mosquitoes and fleas, have been responsible for pandemics. And he says pigs, Spanish flu, Asian flu, swine flu. I checked. That is false. Spanish and avian flu are of avian origin, not pigs. One cannot get swine flu from eating pork. So it's irrelevant if you can get this from a pig somehow or another. You're not going to get it from eating pork. So it has nothing to do with the dietary laws of the law of Moses. Anyway, bats and certain other avian creatures, which he just doesn't say anything about, but which I'm highlighting, give you SARS, MERS, and COVID-19. Okay. Rats, Black Death, Great Plague of London, Third Plague. This is untrue. Does anybody know what brought about the Black Death? Rats did. They carried something that did. The fleas on the rats. So eating rats has nothing to do with the people getting this disease, okay? You're not going to get it from eating the rats. You're going to get it from the fleas that are on the rats. And they came from another part of the world, etc. We could go on and on. But there you go with that. Um, Fleas and that, yes, but it had nothing to do with the rats themselves other than being carriers, okay? And he's trying to say that we're not supposed to be eating these particular animals. Dogs, he says, Hong Kong flu, Asian flu. Once again, that is untrue. They are avian influenza. They are brought by birds. Civet cats brought SARS, he says. That's actually unknown. It's supposed, but it is unknown. Those animals are on a list God gave to Moses of animals forbidden for the Jewish people. He doesn't say that they're forbidden to be eaten and nothing else, but that's what he says, arguing the mention of clean and unclean animals was not exclusive to the Jews. He pointed out, now he's going to pull a slippy one that you got to be careful with, all right, that it goes back to the time of Noah. Noah clearly knew the difference between clean and unclean since God himself caused only two of each unclean animal to enter the ark, but called seven pairs of each clean animal. This is a complete twisting of scripture. 
They were only for sacrificial use before the flood. They were not for eating. No animal was eaten before the flood of Noah. Only the herbs of the field were allowed. And so calling these clean and unclean and that the Lord recognized that is irrelevant because only the clean animals were used and they were only used for sacrificing and no other animal was eaten anyway. So that's a complete twisting of scripture. He goes on, the early Christian church also followed the Lord's commands regarding unclean animals. That is a complete lie. Acts chapter 10, he went over to Cornelius's house. What did he do when he walked into Cornelius's house? Peter, he started evangelizing them. And what happened as he was speaking? The Holy Spirit came down on these Gentiles with their bellies full of pork or whatever they had eaten for breakfast that morning. They had never once in their life observed the law of Moses. They had never observed the dietary laws of Israel and the Holy Spirit came down on them. That is a complete and absolute lie, which this person said. Peter's vision of unclean animals didn't rescind the instruction not to eat unclean foods, Revis argued. This is true. Jesus' fulfillment and annulling of the law did. Peter had nothing to do with it. Peter just had to be taught this. He was out there saying that, you know, Lord, I've never put anything unclean in my mouth, etc. But Jesus' fulfilling of the law of Moses and annulling it, as it says in Hebrews 7, 18, Hebrews 8, 13, and Hebrews 10, 9, very clearly, it is annulled, it is obsolete, and it is set aside. We are under the new covenant. This person is a heretic. He's teaching heresy. That's why I do not recommend people read WND. They have very bad articles. They are into the Hebrew roots movement. They reinsert the law. As I said, watch the sermon today and you'll hear about that. The laws will only bring condemnation. It cannot bring salvation in any way, shape, or form. Only Christ's fulfillment of the law, the perfect man, can bring you salvation, and that is by grace through faith alone. Nothing added. That's 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4. Here's my comments. The fallacy of this thinking is that these diseases come about whether people eat these animals or not. This is a Hebrew roots movement, Joseph Farah over at the WND, attempt to scare people back under the law of Moses. In Genesis 9, the Lord said, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. That's Genesis 9, verse 3. This proves that the clean animals referred to by that guy a while ago were before the flood, were only for sacrificial uses. And the Lord said that anybody can eat anything they want anywhere on this planet without regard to any dietary law. This edict to Noah has never been rescinded. Only Israel was given this law and only under the law, and the law is now annulled in Christ. Does anybody remember what the dietary laws of Israel, chapter 11 of Leviticus, pictured? Every single thing in there pictured something. Pictured the work of Jesus Christ. Every single word. Every animal that was chosen was to make a theological point about a New Testament precept. The fact that the animals had to have a split hoof and they had to chew the cud if they had a split hoof and did not chew the cud, they couldn't eat them. If they chewed the cud and did not have a split hoof, they could not eat them. They had to have a split hoof and chew the cud. Does anybody remember what that taught? Split hoof. It's very clear what it's teaching. It's rightly dividing the word of God, which this person is not doing. If you rightly divide the word of God and you don't chew the cud, you are not to be eaten, okay? Or you're not 
in Christ, basically. Or if you chew the cud and you don't have the split hoof, then you are not properly handling the word of God. So what is chewing the cud picture? What does an animal do when it chews the cud? It digests it and it throws it back up and it chews it some more. And then it swallows it and it digests it and then it throws it back up and it chews it some more. What is that picturing? Meditating on the word of God, mulling the word of God, making it your diet, your daily consumption. Every single word of Leviticus 11, go watch those sermons, pointed to a theological truth in Jesus Christ, and it has nothing to do with that as being unclean for humans eating. That's proven in Genesis 9 verse 3. All creatures are good that are created by God. Now, that doesn't mean you can go out and eat something poisonous and live. Obviously, you have to use your head in this. But, okay, Jews that don't eat these things are dying just as dead as non-Jews who do. Okay, everybody understand that? Deer, chickens, geese, and a whole list of other clean animals carry diseases that can transmit to humans. And those are clean animals according to the law of Moses. You are encouraged to watch today's sermon and learn about the penalties for reintroducing the law of Moses. It is anathema. It is a self-condemning act. And I do not recommend that you do that. Live under the grace of Jesus Christ. Have bacon for breakfast if you want. And if you don't, don't eat bacon. That's your choice. But have proper theology because theology actually matters. Doctrine actually matters. Business Insider. Pope Francis says it might be time to consider a universal basic wage in his Easter letter. One week ago, he's using coronavirus as a socialist or communist agenda. And then from The Guardian, yeah, following right along, Archbishop of Canterbury warns of dangers of inequality after coronavirus. So they're getting into the socialist thing. They're getting into wealth transfer right there in their Easter messages from Islam today. Zero hedge. Migrant youths riot in Belgium despite coronavirus lockdown. We talked about this last week. Now it's happening in Belgium. Migrant background youths, meaning Muslims, staged a riot in Anderlecht, Belgium, during which they trashed police vehicles and fired guns despite the city being under a coronavirus lockdown. The unrest was triggered by an incident in which a 19-year-old identified as Adil killed himself by colliding with a police van after running through a checkpoint on a scooter. That's enough to get them all excited, and they did. This prompted calls for a protest, which quickly turned into a violent riot as the youth smashed up police vehicles using bricks and concrete slabs. An individual wearing a baklava subsequently fired a handgun that had been stolen from police. All of this was in complete violation of Belgium's coronavirus lockdown, you think? <laughs> which bans gatherings of more than two people. So there you go with that. From BBC, EU court, this just... It, it makes me angry, so I'm going to report on it. EU court rules against three states over refugees. Remember, there were a couple of states that said, we're not taking these. We're not taking these refugees. And the EU court has ruled against them. The EU's top court has ruled that Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic broke EU law by refusing to take in refugees, which end up with what we just saw and what we saw last week, under an agreement to ease the burden faced by Italy and Greece. EU leaders agreed to relocate 160,000 refugees EU-wide in 2015 from overcrowded camps in Italy and Greece. The European Court of Justice says the three Central European countries failed to fulfill their obligations. The EU Commission can impose hefty fines for breaches of EU law. The Czech Republic accepted only 12 of the 2,000 refugees that had been designated, while Hungary and Poland received none. They did the right thing. 
The relocation scheme assigned quotas to the EU member states and targeted mainly asylum seekers who had fled from Syria's devastating civil war. The ECJ dismissed the country's argument that the non-EU migrants could pose a security threat. So that, that's irrelevant. They just dismissed that. That argument, the judges said, could only be applied in relation to a specific applicant, not to a whole group. Italy and Greece have long accused other EU member states of a lack of solidarity for taking only relatively small groups of refugees from the temporary camps, which were hastily erected in the migrant crisis of 2015. So you have no right to control your borders within the EU is what they're being told. From the Epic Times, Iran presses for IMF loan to fight COVID-19 outbreak, but U.S. likely to block it, pressing hard for $5 billion emergency IMF loan. As I said last week, medical and humanitarian assistance is exempt from this. They are looking for a handout that they were denied by the United States when we backed out of the JCPOA. And guess what I saw this morning, which perfectly aligns with that? Chicago wants a bailout. They already are in the worst shape they could possibly be in. It's only a matter of time before they fail, and now they're using this as a pretext to be bailed out by the United States government. So this is what Iran is doing. We've got Chicago doing it. We've got other places that will be doing it. They have mismanaged their money, and they expect people that have rightly handled their budgets to pay for them. From Fox, going on about Iran, Feinstein urges Trump to reverse plan to block Iran, request for $5 billion in IMF aid, claims it is in our national interest. I wouldn't trust Diane Feinstein to polish my shoes, which I don't even own. So there you go with that. From Mongolia today, the diplomat. Mongolia finds a silver lining in the COVID-19 crisis. The winter of 2018-2019 was a tough flu season. We talked about that last week in Mongolia. The H1N1 virus was the main culprit. This is a nasty virus strain that causes a lot of hospitalizations and deaths. The rate of hospitalizations, especially among children below five, was so high that it exceeded the beds available for pediatric hospitals in Ulaanbaatar by 70%. I mentioned that I would read that to you this week. They had such a bad influenza season and it killed children. Nobody ever talks about that when we have the flu, but that's what happens. Children aren't dying from the COVID-19, but because so many people died from the flu, they're not dying from COVID-19 because they're already dead. Okay, they have 31 cases in the whole country so far. They have zero deaths. So that's Mongolia. Daniel 12 Technology. Two things that are very interesting to me personally. You know that I take care of a 7-Eleven. I take care of a strip mall. I do these things every single day. I've got four part-time jobs and I don't do it on Sunday, but other than that, six days a week, I do my four part-time jobs. And one of the things I do is I go through the dumpsters, I pull out all of the recycle. I'm a big recycler. Some people, you know, talk recycling, they never do. Some people don't care. I do both. I try to take care of that mall and to separate everything out of the dumpsters and find cool stuff that people have thrown away in the process. But from The Guardian, scientists create mutant enzyme that recycles plastic bottles in hours. Yeah, a mutant bacterial enzyme that breaks down plastic bottles for recycling in hours has been created by scientists. The enzyme, originally discovered in a compost heap of, heap of leaves, reduced the bottles to chemical building blocks that were then used to make high-quality new bottles. Existing recycling technologies usually produce plastic only good enough for... Does anybody know what they use plastic for when it's recycled? Well, they use it for styrofoam, but mostly they use it for 
shirts and the like. Oh, yes, absolutely. Carpets, shirts. If you buy a polyester shirt, it's made from, it went over to China. They whacked it up into little pieces. They put it through a process. You can watch it online. What do they do with plastic bottles on YouTube? It's really interesting, but they make beautiful shirts. And this is probably old plastic bottles here. Carpets, etc., are where the most of it go to. Okay. The company behind the breakthrough, Carbios, said it was aiming for industrial scale recycling within five years. It has partnered with major companies, including Pepsi and L'Oreal, to accelerate development. Independent experts called the new enzyme a major advance. The work began with the screening of 100,000 microorganisms for promising candidates, including the leaf compost bug, which was first discovered in 2012. It had been completely forgotten, but it turned out to be the best. The scientists analyzed the enzyme and introduced mutations to improve its ability to break down the PET plastic from which drink bottles are made. They also made it stable at 72 degrees centigrade, close to the perfect temperature for fast degradation. The team used the optimized enzyme to break down a ton of waste plastic bottles, which were 90% degraded within 10 hours. And this is just on a limited basis, 2,000 pounds of them. The scientists then used the material to create new food-grade plastic bottles. Carbias has a deal with the biotechnology company Novozymes to produce the new enzyme at scale using fungi. It said the cost of the enzyme was just 4% of the cost of virgin plastic made from oil. Waste bottles also have to be ground up and heated before the enzyme is added, so the recycled PET will be more expensive than virgin plastic. But Martin Stefan, the deputy chief executive at Carbios, said existing lower quality recycled plastic sells at premium due to a shortage of supply. And that's the reason why is because people don't recycle. It ends up out in the uh, ocean instead of being recycled. And once they get people to start doing this and tending to it, the, the uh, prices will go down and down and down. But if you ever want to see what most of the or the most of the plastic that is used in Asia, Haiti, South America, what it looks like, just type in garbage river. Just type that into YouTube and you'll see what they do in Haiti. Everything goes into a river. Everything. They throw every dead bodies into the river. Everything goes in there and all just goes out to the sea. And we've got this huge problem in the world, which, as I remind you, was introduced by liberals because we used to carry brown shopping bags. Everybody remembers that. Okay. And the liberals complained that we were cutting down all the trees. And so they said, we need to save the trees. Remember that in the seventies. And so they saved the trees and they introduced plastic. And now they are complaining about plastic. So it's always the liberals. Anyway, vote Republican. Mail online. <laughs> Researchers develop a new kind of plastic from cassava starch and wood pulp that is twice as strong and can be broken down in ocean water in as little as 30 days. Well, I wonder if that applies to drinks, too, because if you put the thing, you know, put a drink in there and it causes it to degrade in 30 days, you don't have a drink anymore. But maybe it's for other stuff like, you know, packaging or whatever. Scientists from Osaka University have developed a new biodegradable plastic. They claim it's twice as strong as conventional plastic made from polyethylene. The team hopes the plastic could be used to reduce plastic waste in the ocean. For comparison, a plastic bag in the ocean takes around 20 years to decompose, while plastic bottles can take as long as 450 years, and they can do it in 30 days. So people are at least using their brains. From Revelation Plagues today, Mail Online. Sweden records, this is earlier in the week, Sweden records just 17 new deaths from coronavirus, its lowest daily rise in a fortnight as new infections plummet to only 466 cases. 
Now, remember, Sweden is the one country in the world that said, we're not going to do this. We're not going to lock down. And they are free. They're walking around. They're doing it. Their model, and I may show you this next week. I didn't include it here. And I'll, maybe I'll just talk about it and ignore it next week. But their model follows the exact same pattern as England and other countries. This coronavirus comes in, it does a certain thing, it goes up again, and then it goes down, and that's it follow Sweden is following the exact same pattern. Okay, they just have a smaller population, but when you correlate it to population, it follows the exact same pattern. So here we go. Um, the majority of cases came from Stockholm, where cafes and bars remain open, like they're they're trying to shame them, but it doesn't matter because it would have happened anyway. Unlike most of Europe, Sweden has not imposed the lockdown, and primary schools, shops, cafes, restaurants, and bars remain open open. Sweden has, as of yesterday, 1,333 deaths with a 10.12 million population. Italy has 22,170 deaths with a 60.48 population. So if you multiply 1,300 times uh, 6, because it's 10 million to 60 million, it would be about 6,700 or 6,800 that should, that are dead on an equivalent number to Italy. So instead of 67 or what is it, maybe 7,000, we'll say 7,000 to 22,000. The numbers aren't even close. UK has 13,729 deaths with a 66.7 million population. So Europe, I'm sorry, the UKs are lower than Italy, but Sweden is still lower than both on the scale by far. Okay. About half of the UK. Okay. My friend David sent me this. It's from 417. I just want to give you some numbers to consider. The state is New York, population 19.4 million, deaths 14,832, death per million 764.5. New York City alone, 8.4 million, 8893 deaths, 105.9 deaths per million. But remember, they just threw in 4,000 people that they have no idea if they died of coronavirus or not. They just threw them into the number and said these people died of coronavirus, so they get federal funding, okay? Monroe County, 0.744 million, 62 deaths equals uh, 83 deaths per million. South Dakota, 0.9 million people, seven deaths as of uh, 417. That's a 7.77 death per million instead of 764 deaths per million or 105.9 for New York City, 7.77 deaths per million. And guess what happened? It was in a place that was already a part of the ex the essential services. So they would have died anyway with no lockdown or with a lockdown. It's irrelevant because it was a meat processing packaging place. That was a lot of peas. But anyway, they, uh, uh, they would have died anyway. They were essential. And so it makes zero difference. Okay. California, 40 million, 973 deaths, 24.3 per million. Los Angeles, 3.9 million, 457 deaths, 117 per million. Okay. Finally, Florida, 21.9 million people, 668 deaths, 30 deaths per million. And we have got a lot of freedom in Florida. I have driven everywhere I've wanted. Nobody has questioned me. I go out anytime I want and just drive around and go here and go there. Nobody has said a thing to me. We've got all the, and we're in the sunshine state. Sunshine is good for you. It keeps you healthy. There are all kinds of statistics. We could go on and on, but you see the numbers are all over the place. They're all over the place. There was no need to lock this place down, though. I'll tell you that right now. Wall Street Journal. Farmers dump milk, break eggs as coronavirus restaurant closings destroy demand. Okay, zero hedge. We can't give our product away. This is right here, right up the road in Florida. Farmers toss thousands of acres of fruits, veggies as sales plummet. 
As some misguided liberals complain about fruits left rotting on the trees because Trump's immigration crackdown has left no undocumented migrants to pick the vegetables, which is a demonstrably false lie, the AP has offered an explanation for this phenomenon that also illustrates how disruptions in the business, like the hospitality and food service industry, work their way through the supply chain ultimately sticking farmers in the American farm belt with fields of vegetables that they cannot sell or even donate as local food pantries are now full up with donations from restaurants. The AP started its story in Palmetto, Florida, a city in Manatee County where a farmer had dumped piles of zucchini and other fresh vegetables to rot. Thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables grown in Florida are being plowed over to and left to rot because farmers who had grown the crops to sell to restaurants or other hospitality industry buyers like theme parks and schools have been left on the hook for the crops as the economy shuts down across the country. Injecting what the Fed described as massive levels of uncertainty, farmers in the state are now begging Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue. This is before they met this week. I saw him speak with the president three days ago, and they have now got $15, $19 billion coming to these farmers. But Sonny Perdue, where was I to get some of that farm bailout money? Does anybody, before I go on, does anybody remember who Sonny Perdue is? Chickens? Not Purdue Chickens. He was the governor of the great state of right above Florida, Georgia. He is the man that was the governor when they had the worst drought in Georgia's history. And finally, Sonny Perdue said, we have had enough and despite the mocking by the media, he walked out with all of his cabinet behind him and he went out in public and he prayed in the name of Jesus that we need rain. And the next day when there was nothing on the forecast, they got an inch of rain. That's Sonny Purdue. Without some kind of industry specific bailout, these farmers might go out of business. The problem in a nutshell is that these farmers have long-standing sales relationships, but suddenly those customers have disappeared. Think of the market in, who is it, uh, begins with Detweilers, right over there. They buy from these people and they grow their own stuff. Well, if they can't open, then they can't sell, or if they can't sell it to uh, restaurants, then they have to do something with it. And many other companies in the U.S. that are still buying produce have already contracts with foreign suppliers. It would be great if Trump could come in with agricultural tariffs that would effectively cut off foreign competition, but such a move would likely be widely panned by the establishment, of course they would, who would sooner watch every small farmer commit Harry Carey than see continued pullback in globalization and more limits on free trade. We gave 400,000 pounds of tomatoes to our local food banks. How much is a pound of tomatoes? Anybody know? I don't know. Two dollars. They had to give away 400,000 pounds. That is a million dollars or $800,000 of their livelihood that they had to simply give away. Okay. They gave it away. A million more pounds will have to be donated. There's another $2 million if we can get the food banks even to take it. Farmers are scrambling to sell grocery stores, but it's not easy to grocery stores. Large chains already have contracts with farmers who grow for retail, many from the outside of the United States. We can't even give our product away and we're allowing imports to come in here. 80% of the tomatoes grown in Florida are meant for now shuttered restaurants and theme parks. You talk about a system that needs to be completely revamped as quickly as possible when President Trump is reelected as president of the United States because Christians go out and actually vote. 
He needs to get this squared away, and we need to remind him of this because these people will have this again someday, and they're losing their livelihoods. From the AP, new larger wave of locusts threatens millions in Africa. They had one, now they've got another. Zero hedge, Ebola reappears in Central Africa at the very moment the last outbreak was declared over. Yahoo, starving, angry, and cannibalistic, America's rats are getting desperate amid coronavirus pandemic. The reason why is because they don't have anything to eat and the restaurants all over are not throwing out food every day. And the rats are now starting to eat each other. They're starting to get into people's homes and anywhere they can find food because it's a giant problem. They used to have an everyday source of food. They don't have it anymore. I don't know if I should read this next one. Somebody will get angry, so I'm going to skip it. But it is the goofiest, the goofiest title to a news story that I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to skip it, though. I don't want somebody to get angry. More. All right. All right. Now the end begins. This is that guy that he's got a Christian site, and he, he said, the strange reported symptoms of coronavirus infection like fizzing and electric shocks are making the 5G conspiracy theories sound credible. Okay. The U.S. government has nothing better to do than use 5G to make your skin feel like electric shocks when you've got coronavirus. They don't even have 5G in much of the world, including Iran. All right, people need to use a little bit of reason, a little bit of reason with this. Anyway, morality today. Mail online, I know I'm gonna get an angry email about that, maybe 10. Fears of lawlessness as three people are shot dead within space of minutes in New York as coronavirus cripples the city and 20% of the cops call out sick. Zero hedge, burglaries, thefts up more than 75% in major cities amid coronavirus lockdown. Who couldn't have seen this coming? Breitbart, Virginia governor announces signing of extreme abortion bill on Good Friday. LifeSite, Trudeau to fund abortion as part of a $159 million pledge to fight COVID-19 overseas. So that's their priority. Kill babies in the womb because you have a COVID crisis. MSN, pot use reached all-time high amid March lockdown measures. Mail Online, America sees massive spike in alcohol sales not seen since prohibition as people turn to booze to cope with lockdown. News 10, this is Berkshire County. Number of fatal overdoses spike amid COVID-19 pandemic. Zero hedge. Chicago mayor signs executive order allowing illegal immigrants access to virus relief funds. Mail online. Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot gets a haircut despite telling the city that getting your roots done is not essential amid the lockdown, but says she needs to because she's in the public eye. Uh, Yes. Mail online. Chicago mayor puts liquor curfew in place after spiking gun violence as boy 15 becomes the ninth person killed in the city in 48 hours. Mail online, as if they don't have the strongest gun regulations in the entire planet already, and they have more deaths than anybody else. Mail online, Kentucky doctor. Think of this now. Think of what this person did. Kentucky doctor 57 is arrested for strangling a girl 19 when he confronted a group of her friends for not social distancing. That is not social distancing by strangling somebody. In other words, he's he's doing exactly what he's accusing them of. Think it through, people. I don't understand what's going on with the mind of people in this world today. But that's your morality section. I know it was depressing, but other, or other category. Mail online. Alarming data shows people of color 
across the United States are more likely to become infected and die from COVID-19, as Chicago mayor reveals that black residents account for 72% of deaths in the city. That's the first article. Mail Online. Joe Biden demands the federal government release full racial data on coronavirus impact because the pandemic has put a spotlight on structural racism. MSNBC. Coronavirus disproportionately killing minorities because of deep structural racism. Okay, we already reported that in Israel, the Haradim, the guys with the loopy hair and the hats and the dark coats, they're dying at 60 to 70% more or contracting the disease, not dying, but contracting the disease at 60 to 70% more than the rest of the population. Certain habits of certain people, whoever they are, will cause infection. I have no idea why this is happening, but causing it structural racism does not solve anything. They need to find out what the Haredim are doing and how to correct it. They need to find out what these people, this group of people are doing and then correct it. And here's another one right here. Yes. The Hasidim, the Haredim. There's, yeah, 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 that's who I'm talking about. The ones that means I'm the righteous ones. Anyway, that's the people we're speaking about. Okay, now, one more article. Coronavirus deaths in New York. Nobody is bringing this one up, okay? There's no structural sexism here. Coronavirus deaths in New York, 61% were men and had most had underlying illnesses, okay? Why isn't that being addressed by Joe Biden? Why aren't women dying as much as men, right? You see what I'm saying? What people, that's what I'm trying to tell you. People bring up an issue and they blame it on structural racism, but when you have the opposite happen where men are dying instead of women, Nobody brings it up. Yeah. Nobody cares. It was just an, an article that they brought up. The majority of New York's more than 4,700 deaths, this is a couple of weeks ago, due to coronavirus were among men, and 86% of all deaths were among people who had underlying illnesses, such as hypertension and diabetes. So they know why there, but they don't know why it's happening to black people. They need to find this out, and they need to stop calling everything racist in this country. From the Epic Times, World Health Organization says looking into reports of some COVID-19 patients testing positive again. Now listen to the next four articles and think about what's going on. Epic Times, province in China prepares thousands of hospital beds amid new wave of infections. Hang on. Zero Hedge, South Korea says nearly 100 recovered COVID-19 patients tested positive again. Zero Hedge, listen to the next one. Morgan Stanley publishes full timeline of upcoming coronavirus milestones, sees second coronavirus peak in December. That means that it's starting up when? November. Right before the elections. October, early November, it's going up. We've got to stop the country. We've got to have mail-in ballots. They're preparing this already. Now, I know you haven't heard anywhere else, but mark my words, this is coming, and then you can go and post that. A couple months, my uh, pastor at the Superior Word said this was coming because I can see this coming. I can see it coming. All right. That's just my thought. It may not happen. And then I've said the wrong thing, but that is what I see they are trying to do by doing this now. Get the votes by mail so that they can steal this election. That's what's coming. Zero Hedge, a comparison of lockdown UK with non-lockdown Sweden. Is Sweden really suffering very, very badly in comparison to other countries that have imposed severe restrictions? Is it really imperative that they change course and fall in line with what most other countries have done? Or do these calls proceed from a different motive entirely? A fear that Sweden's comparatively measured approach of dealing with COVID-19 without introducing the most draconian civil restrictions ever seen and without crashing its economy might actually work. 
and in so doing show the response of other countries to have been wildly disproportionate. Charts two and four take into account the relative population sizes, 67.9 million in the UK, Sweden 10.10 million. In terms of timelines, Sweden reported its first COVID cases eight days before the United Kingdom, 15 on the 3rd of March, compared with 77 on the 11th of March in the United Kingdom. While the United Kingdom recorded its first deaths two days before Sweden, 10 on 14th of March, compared with four for Sweden on the 16th of March. Looking at these charts, especially charts two and four, which are like for like comparison, we can say the following. Per million people, Sweden has had fewer cases than the UK, which I just reported on a minute ago. The approach taken in the UK of keeping people in their homes and closing down huge swaths of the economy has not had any more positive effect on reducing COVID-19 cases or deaths than the Swedish approach. Yet it will put millions out of work. It will destroy thousands of businesses. Boris Johnson is going to lose his job probably over it or something crazy like that. It will lead to a massive deterioration of mental health, which we just saw in the morality section. It will lead to an increase in suicides, which we also saw. It will lead to old people dying on their own without their carers. And it has already led to an increase of state power on a scale never seen before. Sweden, UK. And I've been reporting on that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Zero hedge. More than one in three Americans consider selling blood as lockdowns continue. So why did we need to change the gay laws and allow gays to do it in three months instead of one year? There you go. Mail online. FDA orders conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to remove claims from his InfoWars website that his dietary supplements can boost immune systems and kill coronavirus. Breitbart. Immigrants self-deporting from the United States, some good news here, to avoid possible coronavirus infection. Good. Self-deport. Baltimore. Baltimore Online. Former Baltimore Mayor Pugh is headed to an Alabama prison. There you go. After she destroyed that city completely, off to prison she goes. Epic Times. ATF permits firearms transactions at drive through windows and parking lots. They cannot deny you your Second Amendment rights. If you can't come into a store, you can do it at the parking lot. They'll bring the gun out and sell it to you there. They are. Uh, this is the ATF that is allowing that. Epic Times. Constitutional rights do not disappear during a pandemic, says the Department of Justice. I had a debate with my friend about this on Facebook, and I am as far to the right as you can go with this. The Second Amendment, the First Amendment are what type of rights? It begins with I and ends with individual. They're inalienable rights and they are individual rights. The right of the individual. Okay. This is a nation made of individuals that forms a nation and is supposed to have control over the government. I am as far right as you can go that they cannot take away any right that you have, any by the government. I don't understand how they can do that. We just found out in an article this morning, which maybe I'll tell you about, that states have been trying to limit the churches and so on, and they have zero right to do that. Zero right. Okay? You are an individual in a nation that has individual rights, and yes, they are inalienable. Yes? I just wanted to say that most preachers and pastors in the United States are asleep at the switch. That's that's correct. Most of them are. Now, I'm not saying that people should gather together and get sick. I'm not saying that. Okay, we've seen that happen. We're going to see it in the irony section in just a minute. But you have a right to do so if you wish to. If you wish to go into a building and get yourself sick, you have a right to do that. Okay, 
there you go. That's my thought on it, but I, I know I'm going to get some blowback on that, but that we have individual rights in this nation which are not to be abused by the government. Now, there are restrictions, and we understand that. That's why we have a Supreme Court, and they determine what is going on. But there you go. So okay. what happened to uh, my body, my choice? Yeah, my body, my choice. Okay, it works with one side, but it doesn't work with the other. Okay, here we go. From the blaze, President Trump redirects World Health Organization funds to Red Cross and Samaritan's Purse. And all the liberals' heads go boom. The move indicates that President Donald Trump intends to make his temporary halt on funding to the World Health Organization permanent. The New York Post reported Thursday. I hope he does. And good. Good job, President Trump. Okay, I've got a less work here for you. Let's see if you can figure out which article we were talking about. People think that the mayor's not fair when it comes to the things of her hair. If you want decent roots, you should stay at home, toots. So those who prefer not to air. There you go. Good job, Les. All right, got three ironies for you. The first one is what I just mentioned. I am essential. I talk to God. Virginia pastor who defied lockdown order has died from COVID-19. There you go. That's ironic. He was talking to God and he died from it. Now he's seeing God face to face if he is a saved believer in Jesus Christ. Gateway pundit. New York woman arrested for not socially distancing, then thrown into jail holding cell with two dozen women. Yes, that's ironic. And finally, from Mail Online, Illinois town mayor is shocked after sending cops to break up parties amid coronavirus lockdown only to find his wife at one of them. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.